0: To the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burnt Origination, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content at burntorigination.com. Com. Before we jump into today's show, though, I'd love to talk to you about a couple of different opportunities. One, if you ever wanted to start a podcast and really wanted to make it as easy as possible, man, our uh, podcast host, Podient, is actually offering all of our listeners a 14 day free trial of their premium service and 25% off their first three months when you sign up using the code LONGHORN. So you can sign up again at co using the code LONGHORN. You can get 25% off your first three months. And I love the service, they take care of all of the hard stuff. They Set up your website for you they give you the rss feeds to submit to apple and to the other services and then you just paste your links back into the service and they handle all the analytics for you. It's so easy I actually had a big refresh recently the mobile site is great you can do pu- shows from your mobile you can check analytics from your mobile I probably look at those way too much during the week but hey that's the life of a podcast so, so again if, if you want to start a podcast hit up podient.co sign up for a premium membership you get 14 days free and you can use the code longhorn at sign up to get 25% off your first three months and then also we talked about it last week we launched a Demographics survey for all of our uh, listeners. we got a really great response, but give us some more responses man. we just want to know who we're interacting with, who we've got on our podcast because we'd love to hear from you. That's how we found out things like we have uh, listeners in Kenya, which is really really cool. Again, the survey will take you about 35 seconds to complete. It's literally like four uh, questions. My name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week like I am every week and I'm joined by the illest, the realest, Kyle Carpenter. Casey, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm doing well, man. I had uh, had a wonderful weekend. I got to see the uh, Zlatan in in human if you will air quotes human flesh played at the dynamo stadium which is a wonderful facility here in houston after that game got to see another lebron playoff buzzer beater so it was a good sports uh fun sports weekend even outside of ut but uh i think we're gonna have some good stuff to talk about because this is a this is a fun ut week with some some cool stuff happening for the team and uh and yeah i'm i'm feeling great how about yourself you
0: also hit up potential advertiser uh fudruckers this weekend i got text confirmation that you hit up our potential uh, ad partner there we have no no connection there other than uh we just like Ruckers and would love to shill for them on our podcast
1: and i and i will say um the fudruckers restaurant quality burger it, it is no joke when they say Ruckers, uh world's greatest hamburger, but the, uh, the food truck experience was wonderful outside of the dynamo stadium. They had a Fuddruckers quick, uh, easy, just as delicious as, as you would imagine. The one thing they don't have. And again, when we sit down for our corporate meetings, I know we'd mainly talk, you know, what we're going to say in our uh, future ad reads, but one, one suggestion I might give them is uh, cheese sauce. The food truck, it can't be that oh, big of an yeah. expense to add the cheese sauce on it. That was the, the one missing ingredient because, uh, When you go and sit down in a nice plush leather booth with your burger, fries, and delicious cheese sauce and Fuddruckers and eat (laughs) the world's greatest hamburger. I mean, that experience is tough to replicate
0: you know maybe they're not a sponsor because we're giving away the the milk for free at this point but we'll we'll move on Uh, ironically we have a lot of Texas doing things better than Texas Tech this weekend uh, but we're not going to dive too deep into that but uh, so we'll talk some baseball and then we'll talk some uh, football recruiting got some grad transfer news there a quick check-in on the basketball team and then like all of the non like revenue generating sports that we love so much are going into huge weeks we're going to highlight some things that are going on with them and then obviously we'll close it out. with Bang the Drum. So, let's just get it started on the baseball diamond. On Wednesday, if you had told me that this, the thing I'm going to mention right now would not be the biggest story of the week, I would have laughed at you, but Texas beats Texas State 11-10, on a walk-off Grand Slam, a Grand Salami for Dehami, as Kyle put in the show notes, which I appreciate, or grand, grand Salami for, for Dehami, I'm not sure which way you want me to pronounce that, either way works, but, so Texas, uh, you know, again, uh, shortstop, David Hamilton hit a Grand Slam to give Texas a win in a midweek matchup over Texas State, which is actually a tough squad.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, Texas state, because they're our closest rival, just, you know, 30 minutes down, down I 35. Um, doesn't seem like a game we just throw on the schedule when we can get it, but it's, it's kind of a little rivalry. These two teams, uh, one of, uh, guy, we went to high school with good buddy of mine, uh, Shout outs to Mr. Weetech, uh, played a few years ago, and he said, you know, like, legitimately, these guys know each other, uh, but they feel a little rivalry there. So each team always kind of plays up, and especially Texas State plays well. Um, I wish it wouldn't have taken it, but, you know, the, uh, the, the, by the way, the accent I was looking for was your, your inner Matteo Bochi was to be a, uh, you know, uh, a walk off salami for Diami, you know, something along uh, those lines. We didn't rehearse that before the show.
0: No, so that's not the big news, though. So Texas, uh, number 24 ranked in the country came in uh, with a little bit of a, a little bit of a chip on its shoulder maybe trying to prove some things and came away with a 2-one series win over number nine Texas Tech so Texas won the Friday Sunday sandwich with a little bit of a Saturday struggle as the meat and the, the the victory sandwich we'll call it uh, so they won 126 on Friday night lost 16 to 5 on uh, on Saturday and then managed to pull one out uh, Sunday time of recording Seven to five so uh kyle we, we were talking before the show uh how the heck did this happen because it, it looked going into this like texas may not have been able to to come away with a series win here
1: yeah so um this tech win is a, is a really big deal um i mean it feels like texas baseball is peaking right at the right time um there's obviously still some things that you want to fine tune um but it reminds me a little bit of of kind of the deep College World Series runs we've had um, in the past and in the the early aughts um, when we had a team that maybe for the first three fourths of the year looked like a a mid tier Big Twelve team maybe you know could could get lucky on the right night and heat up and, and beat somebody but then really just things started clicking towards the end of the season um, and and what has been an anemic offense for the past few seasons is really putting up runs now we want to again we kind of said on this podcast last week that it's not sustainable to uh, to have to get 10 runs to win uh, every every game but you know texas scored 12 and one and, and seven in another and even five in a loss so i guess if the offense is going to put up some runs um we're going to win some games but i think we talked about it a little before the show um this team is going to win probably at least one game in the postseason just on their defense there's going to be some crazy defensive plays like they are one of the truly best teams in the country in that arena um and with the like the big bats that the peak, the kind of meat of their lineup. And I just want to say, thank you for indulging me on, on this, uh, this food related metaphors. We're continuing so, th- so far with the meat sandwiches and the salamis and, in uh, the fudruckers. So just look out for our other podcast, um, food, Eating today, um, we uh, you know this is this is really the, the meat and potatoes of, of what um, Texas does well. You know this is uh, play good defense. You know get get your your guys who you know you can count on to get runs to get runs. Um, the one thing I like to see is that the the bullpen actually seems to have finally settled into a pretty good, um, pretty reliable and dependable rotation at this point in the year. It seems like Coach Pierce kind of knows. Um, kind of knows what he wants to do, um, which is, which is good. And I know it does take a while, um, for a coach to figure that out exactly. But, you know, some of our, it seems like Parker, Joe Robinson, one of my favorite names on the team, um, is a guy who got some, some run in relief in this and really pitched well. Um, you know, we, we obviously are with McGuire getting the, the closer situation, pretty reliable, one of the best in the big 12 right now, and just pitching, pitching really sharp at the end of the season. Uh, still want to see some consistency, um, from the starting pitching, I think that's right now an area that in preseason was supposed to be our biggest strength right now is looking like um, our biggest inconsistency I don't want to call it a weakness but um, you know when, when the guys who who were preseason all big twelve um, are, are nolan Kinghams and and uh, these guys should be what we are what we're absolutely depending on and if there's any point where those become a little bit of a question mark then you know you just have to you have to think how you're going to get those wins and and you know admittedly in this series tech does a weird thing where i don't know if this is intentional or, or what but their best picture actually pitches the second game in their three-game series so we lost the second game to caleb killian who's actually right now by far the best pitcher in the big 12 has the best era uh, most wins i think he might even have most strikeouts um guy has you know like a one-point something ERA, um, just really, really uh, throwing the ball well, and that was their biggest threat, and and we lost that game. But then, you know, when it comes down to it, they won that series because they scored runs, because the bats got hot, because Cody Clemens is legitimately a big-time, maybe even getting close to an all-time great Texas player. I mean, his single season, I think he's got 16 home runs right now, sits about 6th all-time for the Horns, so um, you know, if that guy gets three or four more, he starts getting into a very, very short list with some elite companies. so um, I really like where this team is, I like where their bats are right now, I like like you said with Hamilton, getting, getting guys who aren't just Zubia um, you know, and, and Clemens putting runs on the board, so I think I think we're pretty good and, and we could be in a dangerous like touching spot if we come out against TCU to actually be hosting uh, a regional again this year which is great this is where Texas baseball should be so I'm I'm, I'm as psyched for this baseball team and truly for anything results oriented for, for big revenue or I don't even know if baseball is a big revenue sport but big, kind of big three men's sports um, as I've been in a few years
0: and we'll use this to kind of dovetail into the next part of the show but you know going into the series they were they were Four and five on the road, and they managed to pick up two games to pull five hundred on on the road. So I think that that was the big question mark for me coming into the series was like, what is this team going to be like if they don't get to host a regional if they have to go somewhere and play somewhere else? And so getting it done against one of the best teams in the country, as much as it pains me to say that, um, on the road in in spectacular fashion in some ways, uh, is a great sign for the future. And so let's just talk about it. You know. Is this team kind of peaking at the right? Because it's not, it's not just about playing well all season. It's about getting hot at the right time to see that in every sport with the playoffs. So is this team really finding its stride at the most important time of the season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean the SEC baseball is, is really good, but you could argue you know, the Big 12 is just behind them is, is the second best conference in, in baseball, probably. Um, you said that some... about
0: football or baseball?
1: <laughs> um yes. Uh but yeah, right now about baseball, um you know, there's there's some really good teams in this conference. Oklahoma State right now sits in first, um just a little bit ahead of Texas. They they look like they might very well kind of wrap it up, but three wins at TCU could could really shake that up. For UT, if they could or were to sweep, that would be fantastic. But they actually have series wins against Oklahoma State, who right now sits number one. Texas sits two. They have a series win over number three. Oklahoma, they have a series win over number four. Texas Tech. They have a series win over number five. Baylor. Um so I mean, they've beat the best that the Big Twelve can put out there. Um they've beat uh, some of these really good teams. They've also played top five, top 10 teams in other conferences. Um, and I think this team is tested and ready. And like you said, um, they're playing their best baseball right now. Um, I think the defense has been there all season, but the bats picking up um, and the bullpen, really kind of getting settled out that that's, that's a formula. That's what you need you, when you have uh coach Pierce knows, okay, I can probably guarantee that I'm going to get a couple runs from these guys. If I get a home run, they had four in the first game against, um, against Tech and I think Clemens had his first multi-homer game of his career so the bo- the bats are getting lively right now um, if it's just a matter of okay what starter can I rely on that's that's you know feeling it today um, and if he doesn't he has the he has the luxury of going into that bullpen and having guys who can pitch four to five innings if the starter really just doesn't have it and then get into those closers the late late game guys he's got some he's got some options and I feel like he really has a feel um, because for for a coach looking at it your pitchers and exactly it's very intricate how you weave them i feel like it takes some games to get that all figured out and you try some things and see what works and see what doesn't i feel like he's finally got that feel um so we'll see i mean like like i said it, a lot of it will say how well, the shakeout that happens with tcu if they you know keep this streak and play like this and go into the tournament that is their their final series of the of the season then um then i think you're right this is exactly the right time um and the right groove to be in
0: yeah, and, and like I said, it's it's so much more important in, in a game like baseball that, you know, it's I feel like baseball is the most individual team sport that there is. And so I think confidence for a team like this coming up, you know, winning as many games on the stretches they have. You know, they've won a, a, a just a ridiculous number of games in these last kind of four or five series that they've played. Uh, getting confident at the right time is huge. The ball gets bigger you know, on offense and defense, so you can make better plays and it's for me, it just makes it makes me it shifts a little bit how we were, from how we were feeling a couple of weeks back uh, after the OU g- series and and the West Virginia series even where you know they West Virginia was just a weird situation I think again it's an aberration because you're playing on the moon but for me the the confidence of these players and, and getting hot at the right times uh, coaches can can really do something with that in the in the postseason and I think. Again, it just takes a couple, a couple more balls bouncing in the right direction, and, and it picks up steam. We saw yeah. that last year in the Big 12 tournament where Texas you know, managed to, to find its rhythm, and, and they didn't quite win the tournament, but they, they were knocking on that door and, and you know, got me really excited. So I definitely think that, um, again, you find the right stride. You find the right stroke at the right time, and, and that's just as important as being a, a consistent team all year.
1: Yeah. And just one other thing. I mean, we talked about coach Garrido, obviously, um, when he, when he passed away and just touched a little bit on his legacy, but, um, this is a chance for, for coach Pierce to, to really start kind of his legacy. I think this is the biggest win since he's been the coach of the Longhorns, um, this series and, and the way they closed it out. Um, he had a great year all things considered last year because like you said how they how they finished strong this is this is a chance for david pierce baseball um to understand what that looks like and to get that deep tournament run and to to kind of see what these guys are made of and and the uh the thread that goes through this team so i'm i'm like i said i'm as excited for anything in texas texas men's sports as i've been in four or five years legitimately
0: You know, in the same vein of getting excited about things, Texas landed a massive grad transfer uh, Sunday afternoon at the, uh, you know, via Twitter, which is how all these things happen. So, uh, Mm -hmm. Cal grad transfer Trey Watson was considering LSU, Texas Tech, and of course, the University of Texas. Eliminated LSU from the proceedings yesterday in his announcement. He was supposed to announce on Saturday, I guess at the time of recording yesterday, uh, that he was where he was going to go. He said, You needed another day, but I'll definitely be living in the state of Texas. that eliminated uh, the LSU Tigers from the mix, so Texas Tech and Texas were still in the mix. And then Sunday, uh, late afternoon, early evening, he announced via Twitter with a really interesting edit, uh, which is kind of the thing nowadays, that he would be joining the Texas Longhorns as the second grad transfer, uh, land of the season behind, obviously, Calvin Anderson. So in his three years at Cal, uh, Trey Watson racked up 1,300 yards on the ground, and uh, which we'll we'll talk more specifics 1300 yards on the ground his uh, senior season what would have been a senior season ended uh after a knee injury in the second game he got a medical red shirt graduated and decided that he wanted to take his talents elsewhere so kyle what does this do for the texas run game that after the spring game we were we were all very apprehensive about uh we were thinking keontae ingram was going to come yeah. in and solidify his spot but now um you know watson is in the mix and he doesn't i don't think he comes to texas if he doesn't think he's going to be the guy on day one.
1: Yeah. And, and to take nothing away from Keontae Ingram, uh, we've talked a lot about just the idea of not having to play freshman. I mean, if, if it's the best guy, yeah. go ahead and play him. But you don't want that to be your MO, right? Like, unless it's, hey, we put you know, 13 to 18 guys in the draft this year, we just really have to play some young guys, which, you know, wasn't exactly the case. Um, you don't want that. And, and even, you know, our, our proven returning guys are sophomores who had to play as freshmen last year, um, you know, with, with Carter and and, uh, and Daniel Young. So um, I, I think having a guy who's Done it before. I, one major caveat is just assuming his knees is, is fine, and I'm going to go ahead and, and make that assumption. I, I hope you know there's no issues there, but assuming that's fine, a guy who who um, has has a lot of natural talent, athleticism, but also just has some experience doing there. A guy who was on a Doke Walker uh, watch list before getting hurt. Uh, last year, you know, the, the guy has s- some proven chops. Um, I think that's great, and it's it's interesting. It's interesting how this shakes up. Like, I still don't think it's his spot. You know, one hundred percent, all the other guys are getting no carries. You know, I still think there's some level of committee, especially because what his his skill set is compared to some of the other guys. If he's coming out of the backfield, catching kind of on some uh, some stretch plays or using some of his kind of uh, lateral quickness to to hit holes that way, he may not uh, necessarily be your goal line pounded in back. Or whatever, but uh, he is a guy who, um, who I think has great hands and is gonna gonna really just be another weapon in the in the pass game where we have talked about that being a strength. But adding one more, um, a helps your your young quarterbacks, but b also. Um, Takes one half second off how long your line has to protect if you, if you have a running back who's, you know, who's an option to get a short pass and turn it into something, right? That's the, that's the paradox of the running game versus short passing game and how they complement each other. So, um, uh, I think that this is nothing but good news. And, and I, I, you know, I can't imagine anyone would say, well, hey, we have to rely on these grad transfer. That's not good because we know where this program has been the past few years and, and not necessarily, where it where it's where it's going that trajectory is still tbd but we have high hopes but we know where it's been and if you if you're a realist and you look at that getting these guys who are talented your your calvin anderson's your um trey watson you get these guys who've done it before that's great you know I, I want these guys on campus i don't want it to be four years down the road where we're still getting our starters as grad transfers from other positions because i hope we have that pipeline of talent i mean i, I don't remember really the mac brown era i i, I didn't do a lot of thinking about this before, but it just popped in my head. I don't really remember a lot of these guys. There may have been some, um, but I think it's different when you're when your cabinet is is runneth over and you're just, you know, bringing in the best recruits every year, which, you know, Herman is really starting to do. Um, you don't have to do this. But I, but I think right now, the state of the program, 2018, this is a great thing. And this actually, you know, is part of that transitionary step back into back into the upper echelon
0: yeah you know these grad transfer guys like you mentioned you don't you don't want to build your program around getting high caliber grad transfers in the offseason but if you've got a position that you think you're weak at and you can immediately improve then why not you know especially sure. the and these are two key positions calvin anderson left tackle trey watson your running back i like you said i don't think he's going to be a featured back he's he's definitely um more of the third down type of back but you know something that Texas really needed some help on was offensive for third downs, so having like an option out of the backfield to to catch but he's not he's not a bad runner either you know his sophomore no. year at at Cal he racked up you know seven hundred yards on the ground and um you know on on one hundred and forty three carries so that's actually a pretty good clip if you look at it yeah uh, which is which is nice, so I think you know his um His ability to, and even just add some experience to that running back room. I mean, you know, Kyle Porter is an experienced guy, but. I don't know if Kyle Porter is going to be the leader that you need there because he's not the guy to produce. He's clearly third on the depth chart. So if you get an experienced guy, you get a guy who's got a bit of a personality. He's very, very confident. If you follow uh, Cal rivals, he's made a claim that he has the best hands in the country, which, um, you know what, give me some swagger from a, <laughs> from a running back if there's a position I want it from. But he's got more career yards than, than Kyle Porter, uh, Daniel Young, and Tennille Carter combined. Uh, with just 11 more carries. So as a rusher, he's he's better than anything we have. And I don't think Tom Herman softens on his feeling that Keontae Ingram is going to play a big part in the fall because Keontae Ingram is in every down back. He's definitely a first and second down back as a freshman. I would love for Texas to not have to play him, get him a red shirt, give him a year to develop. But a guy like Ingram, again, doesn't come to Texas if he doesn't feel like he can push for playing time early on. So I, I think... That combination could be nice in the fall and allow Texas to have a more balanced attack than they've had, I guess, in two years. I I, I was thinking back to the last time I was like, oh, yeah, we had that Deontay Foreman guy that let Texas do a little bit. but Yeah. Again, it's a big addition. I think if you're going to add people in the off season as grad transfers, it means one thing that you think you're a few key pieces away from really being a competitor, especially at a spot like left tackle and and running back. You maybe even feel like your your younger guys could use a year to simmer. And I love that that's where Tom Herman is heading with this uh, with this current situation for the 2018 season.
1: Yeah, and two, two just quick things to add to that. I mean, I, I hate to always compare because we used to be the Joneses, but right now the Joneses undoubtedly is Alabama. And, you know, a thing that Alabama does, a nice little thing that they do, is they have like a five-star running back who's like a freshman who you, you haven't seen, who they can just throw in real quick as a change of pace, and all of a sudden he gets, you know, 700 yards and he's the next future Heisman. Like, I don't hate if if, you know, Ingram has to sit – a little bit, his first couple, his first couple games of the season, you know, or he only gets eight carries his first uh, his first game or two uh, of his college career. Like that's that's not killing me. I'm not about to be upset um, that a super talented guy has to wait to see the field, learn some things, get coached up a little, and then when he does again, get on that type of trajectory. And I think he's that type of talent that he could be. So I love that we have him. But you know, depth, talent, you know, shared across the board is not a bad thing. And the other thing is. Is again to go back to baseball. Just congratulations to Coach Pierce for this recruiting win. And clearly, uh, Trey Watson was just watching this baseball series, saying, "Okay, whoever wins this, (laughs) I'll commit there." Um, And so, you know, just just terrible double loss for the uh, for the uh, Matador, or excuse me, the Red Raiders out in uh, out in Lubbock. So, um, uh, feel bad for for those guys, but you know, uh, to the victor goes the spoils
0: yes the definitely some some victor spoils I don't, I don't know i don't know what the what the the term for that would be but no it's it's a definitely a big deal for texas uh so quick basketball check-in uh you know a couple weeks back we i guess at the end of the season we talked about how jacob young and, and a lot of other players were not long for the world jacob young found his landing place at rutgers uh james banks another guy who i don't know if he was going to be a contributor or not landed at Georgia Tech. Um, Snoop Roach who is currently in the NBA draft process did not get invited to the scouting combine which may spell good things if you're a Texas fan he needs another year to cook uh, but uh, the big news out of the uh, out of all of this really these last Few weeks is Texas landed a big name in the recruiting uh, situation. Courtney Ramey, the number eight point guard in the country, number 40 player overall, has inked with the Texas Longhorns. He will be on campus next year. So, I guess my real question, Kyle, like we said, Jacob Young gone, James Banks gone, Snoop Roach up in the air, Andrew Jones, you know, he's still on the mend. You don't know what that's going to be like. So, What does Texas, what does this addition do for your feelings about Texas, specifically at the guard position uh, for the 18-19 season?
1: Yeah, so I think the the starting point guard position, at least, is is Matt Coleman's lockdown. I don't think that's going anywhere, um, at least for this next season. I think he showed enough good things and the promise of even better things that that's going to be that's going to be his. I think we're talking about who the rotation guy um, will be, who the who the two guard next to him will be. Um, and, and I think, you know, obviously there's two giant contingencies that you touched on is Andrew Jones. If he comes back 100 percent, if he's the, the player, he's able to be the player that himself went through the draft kind of process and decided to come back because he was looking to go to the NBA is that level of talent. Um, I think it's easy to forget, you know, he, he obviously had some unbelievable, you know, things happen to his body and happen to his person. But before that, he's one of the, you know, one of the better shooters in the country, like just a, an unbelievable guy. So you get him back at full strength he's slotting right back in um so then at that point if if Kerwin Roach comes back I almost wonder if you have to go to like maybe a kind of a three guard set and really to get all of those guys on the on the court um and then Elijah Long is is kind of the guy who who transferred in in and, and, if we didn't get Ramey and all these things didn't go our way was we went from an area where it was like oh we maybe only are going to have Coleman um and Elijah Long as our as our our backcourt guys you know but then like I said if Jones is healthy we got Ramey if Roach comes back now all of a sudden you you have the opposite which is the good problem is having too many options um so I think you know I think we're in a good spot and this Ramey thing does nothing but you know Put us, set us up for future success. I think point guard is such an integral position in the college basketball game. And I think, uh, Coleman coming back is going to be great. But I think building Ramey into that next point guard and, and really having a guy who can come off the bench. And what that does is take the ball out of Roach's hands so he doesn't have to be a facilitator. Um, and the same for Andrew Jones, like let those guys be scorers, let those guys be off the ball, let Roach use his athleticism, cutting, you know, getting running plays to get him the ball. Um, but, but not having to have the extra responsibility of facilitating the entire offense for mm-hmm. everyone around. Him makes him a better weapon and makes him more draftable next year in that process. So I think these are all good things, and, and you know, I just think it, it bodes really well. We've talked about it a lot right after the season when we kind of did our, our debrief, and we'll talk about it you know when we get closer to next year in our previews. But uh, I think this Texas team has the potential, even subtracting a talent at the level of Mobamba, to be better next year if all the pieces fall into place i just think um the chemistry and the in the type of players they have um might really be and i think ramey fits into that 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 kind of stew um one of those ingredients that's uh, that's going to make this uh i'll keep the analogy going and say spicy next year so i'm excited
0: guards are guards are what makes the world go around in college basketball so i don't necessarily think um having too many is a problem especially given what texas looked like at the end of the year with a I don't want to call it a pathetic rotation because that that indicates quality. Um, The the number of people that they had in rotation was pathetic at the end of the year just based on uh, all of the random types of attrition that were happening. So uh, more is better when it comes to to this for me in in Texas basketball because fresh bodies just win games at times, especially in a long tournament season.
1: Absolutely, and and just one thing on Ramey is he might even I don't know this for sure but might be able to slot at the two and play you know more positions because Coleman really isn't as much of a shooter at this point in his career. Ramey's going to come on the court and instantly a guy who can who can you know hit three. So I'm just loving more flexibility, more depth, all these things we talked about. Like I think it's I think it's good, and I think it's. Uh, hopefully we won't ever be in that situation again, things obviously outside of your control. Um, But you know, you're, you're the university of Texas. You you should, you should be able to to find 10 guys at any given time who can go out um, and be elite, uh, elite division one athletes uh, on the basketball court. So hopefully we'll see that next year. Come on, let's, let's continue to be the Joneses. So
0: quickly the, we mentioned the non-revenue generating sports off the top of the show. And it's a big, big week for uh, NCAA and conference tournaments. So, Uh, Tomorrow, I guess, or today when you're listening to this podcast, uh, the tower is going to be lit for the men's and women's conference titles, not lit as in like, it's going to be lit fam, but (laughs) lit burnt orange for uh, both tennis conference titles. Um, So both of those teams are going to hold the first and second round of the NCAA uh, tournament, May 11th through 12th. So not, uh, not really in the too far in the future. So this weekend coming up, uh, women's golf is hosting the NCAA regional, the seventh through the ninth, so that'd be again Monday through Wednesday they're the two seed in that tournament men's golf out in Raleigh Uh, that will be next week the 14th through the 16th they are a three seed uh, number four seed in the Big 12 tournament uh, softball is going to open up with Iowa State on May 11th and then the uh, number three uh, women's rowing team competes for a conference championship May 12th through the 13th so this is an interesting stat that I didn't know Kyle just put it in the show notes for me Texas is won seven of the nine big 12 titles since rowing became a official sport of the conference back and i think it was what 2009 when this happened so in the yeah. last uh, 12 years it was funny seeing the uh this the teams get off the ground when we were at school, and now seeing them just absolutely crush in the conference uh, tournaments, and then Big Twelve track and field championships coming uh, May 11th through the 13th in Waco, Texas. So a lot of awesome things, Kyle. What are you most excited about on all of these uh, all of these tournaments coming up?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I the the Masters would would again put me in kind of a big golf mood. Um, so maybe that, but uh, but I am. Excited for the tennis team. I mean, that's cool to have men's and women's both win, uh, both win and both host the, uh, the first rounds of the NCAA. Um, kind of tournaments in Austin, like it's it's cool that a lot of this is happening in Austin. The women's golf as well. Um, that means a we have some awesome amenities facilities, and, and b the teams were good enough to to justify that. So I think there's some exciting stuff all the way around. But uh, but maybe maybe tennis and golf.
0: Based on the commercials on Longhorn Network, we definitely do have a premier uh, golf
1: facility in in Austin, and and also a pre- premier casitas facility. Yes, you
0: definitely stole my joke on that. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, man, we love the casitas. It's it's the best part about that commercial. If you're watching Longhorn Network, come on, Mac. I love it. Uh, but that brings us to uh, where the part of the show where we honor one of our favorite traditions in all of college sports, maybe all of sports, period. Uh, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum. So, Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week?
1: I will, Well, I'll go back a little bit to, to baseball, but I kind of want to talk a little more general. But uh, Coach Pierce... Um, gave some details on Texas's new plan kind of indoor facility, which it, it kind of blows my mind a little bit that it's 2018 and, and, Texas doesn't have this I mean as of today there is no facility like we have the bubble for football which is which is cool and that was ahead of its time when we had it but that's been I remember going and, and watching Vince throw the ball to Roy Williams um that long ago when my brother was was playing there so I mean I, that's years ago the bubble's been around for a while but baseball didn't have anything like that if it's bad weather they can't practice it's like a high school team I guess they're going into the gym um you know in 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 throwing the ball I don't know but uh, but this is kind of a little bit where we're behind and and it sounds Incredible what they're planning, um, Coach Pierce. You know, was just kind of uh, laying out, and it sounds like you know, with the clubhouse redesign and kind of the the indoor facility and how it all ties in and into the field, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be pretty incredible. It's gonna help with recruiting, right? It's it's just this baseball team is great, as we talked about. Um, but there's no reason that that some other school should be able to to ever beat Texas um, on the recruiting side because of facilities. And, and, and just to transition that out outside of baseball, as we saw that with Herman um, and and. and Del Conte uh, and kind of redoing the football facilities and, you know, just just the amount of, of effort um, alignment um, and everything that nice. went into, yeah, you know, have to contractually uh, obliged to, to to be aligned um went into that you know just uh the, the excitement you saw around it the way you see some of the recruiting tactics we're doing now um with our graphics people and just like the the photography and some of the stuff they're doing that's cutting edge Like this is important this is part of the game of college athletics now it's not the on the field part but it may be you know if it's not equally important it's 40 60 you know getting those guys in so this is a huge thing for the baseball team with recruiting um but just kind of want to Tip the cap to, to Chris Del Conte um, when when he got hired. We talked about on this podcast that he was a guy um, you know who did a couple really incredible things at TCU, uh, was just a, an incredible fundraiser, brought the excitement, had the vision, um, and and could close the deal. Right, so he when he was at TCU, he rebuilt that football stadium, got the actual ball rolling for some stuff that's going in next year. I think some box redesigns, but but really was the, the force behind that as well. Um, the basketball arena, which before he got there, TCU basketball was terrible, so convincing any donor to put money towards that, um, was just, you know, angelic, good for him. Um, But, you know, also some of the other sports. He really treated baseball there like a revenue-generating sport, like it was a big sport, took, again, that program from nothing – redid poured in the facilities gave them the same type of um kind of indoor facility and new scoreboard and everything and turned that into you know a really great program that's making it to omaha um also the track and volleyball just kind of poured in there so I- i'm really excited because obviously we have some big big projects when del Conte was hired that we knew flagship things that he was going to have to tackle one of those being the south end zone and kind of the dkr um renovations and and hopefully you all saw some of those drawings posted on burn origination um Or renderings, I guess, were really, really cool looking. And if you haven't searched those out, um, just really, really awesome. Gets me excited. Can't wait to get back there for some games. Um, but then also, of course, there's the, with, with the Dell Medical School, there's, there's plans, um, for the new basketball arena and kind of moving where the Irwin Center is located today. Um, so these are big, big projects and I'd love to see, uh, Del Conte continuing to get some wins, to get that alignment, to get, you know, donors, to get people, to get the, uh, the board and everyone just aligned and excited and on the same page and in, in driving towards this. And really, as we've said multiple times now on this podcast, um, keeping ut as the joneses there's no reason that anyone should ever be able to come in and say oh yeah but look at ours it's better like no we'll just build it better you know i when we were there i thought the godzillatron was the single greatest thing that would ever uh be built in the history of collegiate sports but there's people who have bigger and better ones now so it's time and so we're gonna redo that and i just love um that that we have that commitment to keeping excellence at the at the university of texas um and that you're seeing it top to bottom across the sports um you're seeing UT being committed to being the best and and the facilities that, that are required to do that.
0: Just to continue to heat praise on Chris Del Conte, one of the quotes I heard from him uh, was that he, it, you know, when people talk about the program and his program and he said he responded to somebody asking about, you know, what why he's doing what he's doing. He Say, hey, it's not. It's not my school. It's not my program. I'm just the steward of it. And the fact that he ha- goes in with the stewardship mindset, we could talk all day about this, but uh, to make it better and to get it to where it should be and increase the value and add to the numbers is just such such a, uh, an amazing uh, mindset and attitude for an athletic director. And I, I can't wait to see just where this uh, program continues to uh, head in the, the coming uh, years. But my my bang the drum is is to heap praise on another person who I think is just completely incredible. So I mentioned him earlier in the show, Calvin Anderson, grad transfer. Um, You know, grad transfers uh, are a usual thing in college sports, but Calvin Anderson graduated from Rice University in three years, which is a feat in and of itself because – rice according to the u.s news and world report is one of the you know premier ranking services for uh, colleges uh, rice is ranked number 14 in the country which doesn't you know 14 is is a good number you know there are probably a lot of universities in the country uh, they're in a four-way tie with brown cornell and vanderbilt for number 14 so that just gives you uh, how prestigious their company is so cowan anderson again who now will be Presumably the starting left tackle for the Texas Longhorns in the 2018 season graduated from Rice in three years with two majors. He double majored from the 14th best university in the country and was able to graduate in three years. He has a double major in religion and economics, threw in a minor in business just for funsies. Um, <laughs> that is a uh, – that's impressive. As a guy who took four and a half years to graduate, barely, uh, um, <laughs> it is really impressive to see somebody and what somebody could do with if they really and truly apply themselves. And, and again, um, you know, seeing someone who is – able to balance and juggle those things is just really impressive. I remember Kyle and I, you were talking pre-show about the Acho brothers where Sam and Emmanuel were phenomenal people, phenomenal students. I think they both carried four O's and both ended up playing in the NFL, which I half jokingly call them the pinnacle of human development. Uh, It's, it's probably true. So just seeing another person like that, who's able to be excellent, not just on the field, but off the field is just such an amazing brand ambassador for the university.
1: Yeah, and, and the Acho's no no uh, just to to give some clarity, that was in the business honors program, which is one of the most prestigious in the <laughs> in the entire country, just a couple of geniuses. But yeah, I, I I live in Houston. I know, you know, I have coworkers who go to Rice. One thing you know of anyone who ever graduated from Rice, one of the guy who leads my Bible study at church, has played baseball at Rice. But one thing you know, no matter if you're an athlete, if you're you know, studying some you know, exotic major there, you're gonna be sharp. You're going to be talented. You're going to be um, a person who will be successful. That's, that's associated in Houston. That's what you understand when you meet someone who's a Rice grad. So I think we know that going in with Calvin Anderson. And I think that also fits with the University of Texas. He's not just coming to play football and be really good at. He's coming to one of the best universities in the country uh, at UT to further his education. So I love, again, to be the Joneses that you can go from Rice to UT and just keep down that path of excellence in education.
0: Cal Berkeley is not a bad school either. So seeing you know, Trey <laughs> Watson come, come over, it's just keep heaping praise on guys. But it's, it's, it is a really, really impressive thing uh, to do. But that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in again this week. Before we go reminder, take our survey, man. I want to hear from you. We want to connect with you, know where you're at. The, the survey is linked in the show notes and you can go to bit.ly slash LHR pod survey. The, again, survey monkey says it's like a 35 second survey Try to make it as easy as possible Shoot us an email uh, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com You can hit us up on social media uh, You can hit us up again Longhorn Pod is our Twitter That I just changed the password to Thanks Twitter uh, for storing all of our passwords In plain text I have like two podcasts And uh, my personal Twitter <laughs> So that's three new passwords after have to remember Really appreciate that Not salty at all um, <laughs> uh, Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet?
1: Uh, well, as soon as I update my password on, on twitter.com, they can find me, um, at Kyle Carpenter. Um, and again, just deepen the mentions of at Fuddruckers.
0: Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at gh Goodridge. Like I said, follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. I host a nerd news podcast. You know, it comes out on Wednesday mornings called Two Woke Nerds. Uh, this week, I don't know what we're going to be talking about. This week, there's a lot of random news, I and mean, we're coming off like a 47 minute show off of Infinity War. So uh, we'll see what we're going to talk about. But it's a buddy of mine, uh, Kyle's, and I, Raymond uh, Summerlin, is a good friend of ours. He writes for Roto World. He also just happens to be a huge nerd alongside us. And again, uh, we. I want to shout out people listening to the show from interesting places. So I want to shout out our six listeners in South Korea. We have six people listening to us from South Korea. Uh they're Fantastic. not just in the news for news stuff. You're in the news because you listen to the Longhorn Republic. So thank you so much. Glad to have you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, hook them. Hook